Welcome to ESG in 10, a podcast delving into the world of ESG 10 minutes at a time. We're your hosts, Charlotte O'Mara and Agnieszka Cochran, Senior ESG Specialists here at Fedante. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Fedante ESG in 10 podcast to celebrate International Women's Day. In honour of this important day, I am thrilled to welcome two very special guests to the podcast studio. Dr. Laura Ryan is the Head of Research at Ardea and has recently co-authored a paper with the CFA Institute as part of a grant with the Australian National University and UTS with respect to promotion rates in the Australian finance industry. Laura joins us today to discuss her thought-provoking research findings. The research will be published in an upcoming edition of the CFA Financial Analysts Journal. And I'm also joined today by Sinead Rafferty, Senior Investment Specialist at Fedante, who will share her insights and experience in the funds management industry. Laura and Sinead, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Cheryl. Uh, Laura, your research has a number of key findings about the role of gender and promotion rates in the Australian finance industry. Can you take us through some of those findings? Sure. Thanks, Charlotte. Uh, so I should give you some context first. Uh, so this was part of a survey that we conducted a couple of years ago. Um, and actually, we're updating the survey so we, we can compare the results from then to, to now as well, and hopefully there'll be some improvements. Um, now, the survey was extremely long, so huge thanks to everyone who participated. It took about 20 minutes to complete, well, 20 minutes for me to complete, <laughs> which meant that I suffered severe uh, survey fatigue. So again, thanks to everyone who filled it in. And the reason that it was very long was because we know that it's very important to control for merit-based variables. So that means that the survey included questions along the lines of career breaks, um, education, function, years of experience. So any of the results that we published um, in terms of our research would be controlling for those for those merit-based variables. Um, and, you know, that's really driven by the knowledge that there's so much research out there um, internationally across different um, industries that shows that the pay gap still exists even after you control for those merit-based variables. So it still exists. Um, and, you know, initially we wanted to, to look at the pay gap, but actually the research morphed into the promotion gap. Um, and we asked uh, three specific variables that helped us to, uh, three specific questions that helped us to understand um, whether there was a promotion gap or not. So one was, how often have you asked for a promotion? How often have you received a promotion? And how often have you received a promotion without asking? And that meant that we were able to then analyze um, some specific variables on the promotion gap. Um, and what we found was really, really interesting. And it, re it really challenged, you know, I guess the perception that I had um, about the way that uh, uh, women um, asked and, and received promotions in, in the industry. And perhaps, you know, I had a bit of unconscious bias <laughs> there happening. Um, so what we found was um, the first result was that men and women are asking for promotions at the same rate. Now, this is, I think, a really, really key result because one of the reasons that's often put forward for the promotion gap and the pay gap is that women are not leaning in um, or that we're more agreeable. And, you know, this result shows that that's just not true. So, you know, we're asking for promotions at the same rate. Um, the second really interesting um, result was that 
um, men were receiving more promotions overall. And the reason that they were receiving more promotions um, overall was because they were receiving more unsolicited promotions. So um, they were receiving um, promotions without asking for them. And we termed this uh, gifted advancement in, in the paper. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a really, really interesting result as well. And then this final result, um, which I think is, is a real, you know, key takeaway for, um, for how we should, um, you know, ask for promotions in the industry as well is, we actually have a higher conversion rate. So when women ask for promotions, we have a higher um, chance of actually receiving that promotion. So if you're a woman out there in the finance industry, um, I think that means that you should just keep asking for those promotions. Um, that's all incredibly interesting research. And so this term gifted advancement is incredibly interesting um, and something that we haven't heard before, but is a really unique concept. How do you think that gifted advancement has impacted the gender pay gap overall? Yeah, I think that this promotion gap is actually hiding the pay gap to some extent. So, um, so I'll give you an example. Suppose there are two employees and they're in uh, the exact same role in the exact same company. So, you know, they're in the same function. However, one employee has say 15 years of experience and a PhD and a master's um, and a bachelor's, um, and they might've been in the role for say 10 years. And then if you compare uh, that person, that individual to another um, employee who um, has, you know, maybe 10 years of experience and has been in the role for maybe five years, and perhaps they um, have a bachelor's uh, degree. Now, when um, their HR department looks at their pay um, and they're paid equally, there's no gap. However, arguably, perhaps that person who's, you know, been doing the role for, for 10 years, maybe they should actually have been promoted a, a little while ago. And, you know, they've got um, uh, higher education credentials. And so I think that to some extent, the, the pay gap um, is actually being hidden by this promotion gap and this um, uh, gifted advancement. Yeah, very, very interesting. And Sinead, over to you. As a senior female in the funds management industry, how does Laura's research resonate with you in, in terms of your experience? Well, firstly, it's really great to hear that women are applying for promotions equally as often as men and, and being more successful when they do so. So the moral of this story for me and in my own experience as well is that hopefully you are successful when you apply for that promotion. But even if you're not, it gives you a really good opportunity to demonstrate to senior leaders what you're capable of. You get to demonstrate what your experience is, what your qualifications are, what your skill set is, and it puts you in a really good position the next time that a role comes up. On the topic of gifted advancement, which was something I hadn't heard before, there's a number of things that we can do as women to, to put ourselves in the position whereby we get that tap on the shoulder. And one of those is making sure that your manager knows that you're interested in moving forward and advancing in your career. And secondly, things like um, making sure that those who will be making the promotion decisions in your organization, firstly, know who you are um, and, and also have a positive opinion of you. Is there things that you can do to influence that and make sure that they kind of think of you when a role comes up? Um, and also kind of getting involved in various different projects that may be complementary to your role, things that allow you to add to your skill set, broaden out your network. Um, and so, you know, in summary, what I'd say is if an opportunity comes along, say yes. Yes, I endorse everything Sinead just said. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the key message from today is always say yes, right? Even to podcast. That's fantastic. And just just finally, a question for both of you. Um, so, Sinead, you've gone through some things that the individual can do, which is really helpful. But as an industry, I guess I'll start with you, Laura. What can the industry do to help close this promotion gap and gender pay gap? Yeah, I think one thing is to actually look at proportions in terms of promotions. So, um, you know, if the institution over, you know, the last 10 years has been um, promoting more, when, more men um, as, a propor- as a proportion, um, then, you know, I think that that's something that warrants investigation. So um, I know that, you know, quotas don't make everybody happy, but I think it's much more difficult to argue against equality of promotion rates. Um, you know, if you've got um, the situation where you have um, uh, 70% of um, the workforce in terms of men being um, promoted um, over, you know, a particular time frame versus, say, 50% um, in terms of women getting promoted over the same um, time frame, then I think it's pretty okay to say that there's a problem there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, getting a little bit more transparent about it as well. So, um, you know, having open discussions about, about these things because I think sometimes it's a little bit taboo still, mm. um, but it yeah. won't change unless we look at the metrics and, you know, have some... Uh, proper conversations about it, I think. Definitely. Disclosure is really important. And Sinead, what about you? What can the industry do to improve this? I think there's a bit of a cultural shift required. Um, I think there's this perception that when a promotion is available, that there's this dearth of women at kind of middle levels. And um, it can be quite frustrating when there's a talented woman who is in that maybe small pool, but putting their hand up and saying, pick me. And so um, I think one of the key things that needs to happen is that there's an opportunity for women at more junior levels, um, you know, to move up. Because one of the um, reasons for this gap is that women tend to get promoted later um, and miss out on those early opportunities. And then if you miss out on the early one, the gap is just going to get greater and greater as your career progresses, irrespective of the personal choices that you make all along. And so, you know, in terms of being in or out of the workforce for a period. So I think, you know, in terms of what corporates can do and and the progress that we can make, it it really needs to be focused on on building out the pool of talent. And that really starts very early on. Yeah, absolutely. Really interesting insights from both of you today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Charlotte. And that is a wrap for this episode of ESG in 10 in honour of International Women's Day. If you like this episode and want to hear more about ESG investing at Fedante, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as we will be releasing new episodes every few weeks. Join me next week to delve into the world of the agriculture and food technology sector, where I am joined by Jonathan Quigley, partner at Cultivate Funds Management, where we get an insight into the innovative and groundbreaking technologies emerging in this sector. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to you joining us next time for ESG in 10 with Fedante.